Hi, and thank you for checking out the Two for Tango podcast, the only podcast on the internet where I meet complete strangers, get them alone with me, and kill them. I mean, bring them in on the air for a podcast. I hope you enjoy. Check, check. Hola. <laughs> um, do like the volume that you think you'd talk at. Um, so I'm just going to start babbling for a couple minutes and just say whatever comes out of my mouth and my mind. And those are really cool plants over there. So just saying, even though I really very much wear they're fake. Yeah, they, <laughs> and they, they are fake, but they look really cool. They look really cool. <laughs> they look like the white um, plant from Lord of the Rings, the tree. I was thinking more snow, snow, like the snow, like creepy, like. Yes. Yeah. The only thing is they're not hanging down. They're not like drooping. And then they have the antithesis right here with like the, like the wooden, like fall. We have winter and fall. I told you this place is bougie. It really is. Like you got the, I really have to try out that vibrating massage chair. <laughs> Do like, it. Yes. The amount of stress I am under right now. I need it. It is. I have earned it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So uh, we're going to get started here recording. Um, I'm not going to do the intro. I'll do that later. But no, I want to hear this intro. Let me uh, hear it. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Tango for Two podcast. I'm Nick, your host. And today with me is Sarah. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Talk a little bit about what you do, who you are. And uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Sarah. I do things and talk to people. Um, I don't really know what to say to this. Um, That's perfect. What do you do for a job? I am a peer specialist at, I can't say the name of it before using my real name. So I am a peer specialist mm -hmm. um, at a place that is a crisis alternative for people with mental illnesses in an undisclosed location. So that is what I do. I basically talk to people for a living and try not to go insane at the same time but i mean perfect that's what we all do we all try not to go insane when we're talking to people honestly my job is a test in self-care and trust me it's been tried lately it has been tried <laughs> yeah so um we did have dinner before this so i'm probably gonna go over a bunch of stuff that we've already been over so just to warn you i am giving you a thumbs up so thumbs up through the podcast <laughs> perfect okay uh yeah thumbs up this podcast very good idea <laughs> um, subtle plug there yeah yeah you're a peer specialist so tell me what that's like oh yeah so that's basically so it's a peer movement so it's basically the antithesis anti-clinical in some ways but also we work with clinical people so we use our own lived experience to help people through tough times i kind of sum it up with we'll use our darkest moments to help people through theirs so in, when clinical where it's, there's very much a boundary between like what you can say and what you can't say and what gets you sectioned and what doesn't get you sectioned. And for those <laughs> of you who don't know what section means, that means you basically are have a forced evaluation by PES, which is a psychiatric emergency services. Mm -hmm. um, we are basically like we use our own dark and twisty brains to help other dark and twisty brains. So Yeah. So to me, that sounds like a job that would be terrifying and i would have to confront my demons every day so like how have you dealt with that has it helped you as a person grow in your own life oh definitely so i um so we're gonna get really real here for a sec because let's do it trauma <laughs> um so i was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when i was like seven ish okay so and i went through my whole life without meeting a single soul without any going who like everyone was normal quote unquote normal right. and this is hard to relate to people yeah but when i was 18 so i originally got into the peer movement because when i was 18 i um responded to well actually no going back um when i was 10 i was actually invited to speak to a group of harvard medical students and tell them what it was like to live with bipolar disorder mm -hmm. um i just remember playing with when you were 10 years old yeah oh my god i'm a professional babbler when i say i like to talk i've literally <laughs> been tested my verbal skills are literally off the charts perfect um so when uh, so i was invited to speak 
to a bunch of first year Harvard medical students at through my psychiatrist therapist combo at the time at MGH. And I just like, I remember personally playing with Play-Doh, but apparently I was very eloquent and well-spoken. You played with Play-Doh while you were talking to them? Yeah, I always like, I, I, you can literally see me right now. I'm like doing shit with my hands because I can't not move. You're like fidget, you get yeah, like Yeah, I'm, I'm a fidget, I, like fidget toys are my beauty, are a beautiful, beautiful thing, mm-hmm. everybody. Um, <laughs> but, and from then, like I kind of looked for opportunities and I originally applied to the NAMI in our own voice program when I was 14, which they rejected me because I was 14. Um, so mm-hmm. when I turned 18, I, re- I applied again and I got in. And I was actually the youngest presenter in the state of Massachusetts that they've ever had um, for a very long period of time. And if someone, if the person who runs that is listening to this, it is not me, I promise. <laughs> it's a different, it's, it's a different, different it's, a, it's a different person. It's a different person, okay? Um, and so I would go across the state and tell my story to um, families, mostly um, in the NAMI basic class of parents with kids with mental illnesses. Um, and then uh, go through college, get psych degree, English minor, et cetera, et cetera. Realized that I should have been an English major, but too late now. Um, and I get out of college and the job market sucks because COVID. And I see this listing like, oh, you need to have a dark and twisty brain to apply here. I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, I have one of those. So I applied and here I am. And it was, it's really cool because I can joke with my coworkers about things like people would, normal quote unquote people would find like really, really bad. Like, oh yeah. There's also like, I like, I see your trauma and I raise you by the time I shut down the parking lot at MGH. Because <laughs> so, it was that or an Amber Alert. So I win. So the place that you work, it's kind of an environment where everyone's had uh, like some, some kind Everybody of dark and has dark, yeah, Everyone has a dark and twisty brain where I work. So not everyone's had bipolar or anything like that. How many people have bipolar disorder or like some other disorders and how many people just had trauma in the past? Everyone or is has, it a combination it's of just a combination it's, just, it's a little <laughs> bit of everything we got a little bit of this a little bit of that we got we represent the whole trauma mental illness spectrum mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. maybe probably not but i basically thrown everything i've learned in college out the window language clinical language like the people the their people serve they're the guests to the place that i work they are people first and um people with mental illnesses second um it does not define yeah. them so I think that's something a lot of people kind of leave in the background when they talk about people with mental illnesses and people that just need mental help in general is they are people. You can't demonize them. And it's not, I don't want to say it's not their fault because there is a part of blame that can be put on that person. But at the same time, it's, there's something that needs to be, I don't want to say fix. That's like a weird term to use, but th- there's something, there, oh, there's fix. a reason. Fix is the term you like to use. Fix? That's well, good? Well, no, fix in terms of like the language that is used in the system. Okay. Like, and just the way everything is approached. Like, I remember, like, I was, so I, we moved from Florida to Massachusetts, partly because my brother was allergic to fire ants and couldn't pick up a stick. And partly because Massachusetts is known to have um, really good medical and mental health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came to MGH and I remember my mom wanted this, like the top of the top doctor, but she didn't accept insurance. So obviously that wasn't a thing. So we went to her fellow, but my mom put me through this clinical trial. I cried over the needles. I cried <laughs> over this and that and the other thing and whatnot. And I got to meet like the top pediatric specialist in bipolar disorder. <laughs> and I remember hmm, her, I remember asking her like, will I ever get better? And she said, no. And this is like the top, top, top person. And how old were you when this happened? Nine. Okay. So this is before Harvard. <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's like a year, a little under a year before that, that Harvard uh, medical student thing. And 
So uh, someone else may, that could have been really damaging to someone else. But for me, I'm stubborn. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to prove you wrong, lady. So I did. <laughs> um, and here I am. <laughs> so um, alive, well, and somewhat mentally stable. Um, so how was that for you growing up with bipolar disorder? When, when did you realize you had it? And like, how was your life? Oh, I always knew I had it. It didn't really affect me till like middle school where I was told I couldn't go to a sleepover because I needed to get a good night's sleep. Because a good night's sleep was the difference between a night at home and a night in the hospital. Oh, really? So what would make you hospitalized? What mm-hmm. would happen? So I was considered very high functioning. So I would, so the working theories, I would hold myself together through the day, like by the skin of my teeth. And then I'd come home and the littlest thing would set me off. And it's really actually funny looking back now, which is part of the reason why I have to go back to therapy because I find these things really entertaining. <laughs> um, like once it was like the time where I shut down the MGH parking lot, it was because my mom changed the song on the radio. Because I really like that song. See, that's acceptable, right? It was Taylor Swift. You got to... No, it's actually Kiki Palmer. Got to get it right. I'm glad you <laughs> remembered Disney. it. Radio <laughs> Disney. Um, and another time, someone sharpened a, a pack of pencils that I got as a gift. Um, another time, nine times out of ten, it was homework. I was actually medically excused from homework, which is a miracle I graduated college from the girl who Hold on, I got to talk to someone in my school because if, if I can just tell my bipolar and I'm excused from homework, come on. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's actually kind of traumatized because it's really interesting because when I really think back on my life, 90%, minus the daddy issues, 90% of my trauma is like rooted within myself. Like I traumatized mm-hmm. myself. And what, it's quite, what do you mean by that? I had like the most perfect, like my mom was like my personal, she's actually fought for me to get diagnosed. I was so high functioning teachers didn't believe her no one believed her when they said she i need help because i i was the perfect kid to them weren't we all (laughs) to them i was the perfect kid at home i was a monster but uh, but to them i was like the perfect child i listened i got good grades i was student of the month in third grade and then at the end of the day by the end of the year i was failing science because apparently they have letter grades in third grade in florida which is stupid to begin with um but um so I, I had the most supportive parents minus I, I have minor daddy issues by minor. <laughs> I mean, major, but that's neither here nor there because he was kind of absent. Um, and my dad, who's telling my stepdad, like all we went through all life and all that stuff. Like I all, the best care, the best support. My parents had the wherewithal to know something was wrong, the ability to get me help and the insurance to pay for it. Mm-hmm. I got the best care like money could literally buy. Um, that's awesome. So because of that, all the trauma, like when I have to pay a bill and I can't do it because sitting down at a computer when I was a kid was synch- like synonymous with, oh, I got hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that does a little bit, that does a little bit of damage to a person. So it's half like, def- like, like um, defiance, half trauma response now. But like, anyways. So because you kind of got the best medical care and everything like that while you were young and you kind of had that opportunity. Oh, I was very lucky. I was scary lucky. Right. So what would you, is there any advice you would give to someone that might not be able to get that care that helped you that you learned in that process that you could maybe give to them? Well, there's really no advice you can give someone. It's really like you can't, there's no magic. The closest thing to a magical pill is a good night's sleep. Let's be real here. Mm. Um, but there's no one size fits all to anything in mental health mind person right. like just like no one person is the same what works for me will not work for the next person or the person after them or it may work differently for them than it did for me um one of the things in the NAMI training that they actually are very strict about is you never ever 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 say names of places people medications um coping skills in terms oh, of really coping skills in terms of like I statements versus you statements. So what? So you have to make sure that every single thing you say in the presentation is related to yourself 
and not like, so like you should try that me, this works you. for me gotcha. but it may not work for you because you don't want to give false hope where there's that makes sense um but one thing i but and i was a very unique case as like when i as i grew up i realized how lucky i am and it's actually really scary to think how different my life like going back to when my mom was a kid like my diagnosis led to my 65 year old grandfather's diagnosis so my mom grew up with someone oh. with undiagnosed bipolar disorder she worked in the healthcare field she worked in men and inpatient units she divorced my biological father <laughs> she married a man whose best friend was a child psychologist so when I was raging and being a general monster and my mom was dealing with me, he was on the phone with her giving the blow by blow, blow by blow details. That's lucky though. <laughs> that no, it's, that. I, I am like, I, I am like the luckiest person alive. Yeah. Like I, like I, anyone who wants to challenge that can literally come and find me because I will beat you every single time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you said that um, a good night's sleep is probably the best thing that can, mm -hmm. can you can do. So did you have trouble sleeping before? Oh, or? no. No? <laughs> I mean, it was the opposite. But um, no, I've never had trouble sleeping. But like a late night here, a late night there all adds up. Like there are 24 mm. hours in the day and eight of them are for sleeping. One of my rules. I love rules. Rules are rules make the world go round. I wish that I could adhere to the eight hours of sleep, but I tend to but get see, like six. But see, for you, I don't granted, I don't know what your dark if you have a dark and twisted brain too. For you a, For sure, but I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> so for my dark and twisted brain, lack of sleep leads to either mania or depression. Okay. Uh, mostly mania if it goes on long enough. Because when you're manic, you don't really need sleep, which is an right. issue in itself. Um <laughs> But um, but even out through college, I was very conscious of the fact, like, okay, I will have a late night here, but like tomorrow, like I am going to bed at eight at eight p.m. and yeah. sleeping. I actually did that in high school. I used to go to bed at like seven, eight o'clock, and then wake up at seven in the morning. I would get twelve to eleven hours of sleep, and then I went to the real world where you need a job and you have to have all these responsibilities. And slowly it dwindled dwindled to ten hours of sleep, eight hours of sleep six hours of sleep now we're pushing like five and a half six yikes so, no sleep <laughs> i know yeah it's just bad for me it's not only do i have things to do where i'm like oh i always gotta get things done but at the end of the day it's like how do i calm my mind and like actually go to sleep because i'll sit in bed for like two hours and be like I'm just thinking about things just ideas and like all this crazy stuff uh. and i have to just tone it down but Oh, yes. The brain can be very loud sometimes. It's quite annoying. Um, just jumping back a little bit to like where you work and things like that. Are there any um, stories that stand out to you that, that you might want to share or anything like that? The Coke dealer. The Coke dealer that I talked to for an Let's hour and a half. Let's go in on the Coke dealer. Yes. It was the most bizarre conversation <laughs> I've ever had in my lifetime. Tell me about it. He literally got out of jail like three months prior. And like, I don't remember much about this conversation. It was like a bad fever dream, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. But like, there are two moments I remember. The first one is when he was just like talking about his family, how surprised they were that he got arrested for dealing Coke. And he was like, well, I was living in like $300,000 houses, driving yeah. $100,000 cars and paying all in cash. What did they think I was doing? And he just said, it just like, like, why were they surprised? He was so confused as to why were they were surprised. And the other one was when... Um, you still have his contacts. I kind of need to make some money. <laughs> so if you can forward them to me, that'd be Unfortunately, great. Unfortunately, that's all anonymous. I cannot share oh, the information. Gosh, Sorry. I but I can tell you where to find Coke in Boston if you really want. I, I know the general area. I everyone knows where to find Coke in Boston. <laughs> um, but... 
And then the other one was when he was telling me he's st- he was staying at a motel. <laughs> and apparently he put a sign on the door at one point saying, knock and I'll hit you with a baseball bat. And the police came knocking. Did Obvious. he hit him with a baseball bat? Yes. And he oh, said, okay. well, when you get the hookers to stop knocking on my door, then I'll take down the sign. Fair enough. I mean. <laughs> and like everything he said was very like valid. They were valid points. Was this when he was living in like a $300,000 apartment? No, or? he had just gone into jail three months prior. Oh, so okay. This is after he got caught. So what happened? Did they like take his money from him or you don't? Oh, yeah. He, you don't know. I've talked to him once. I talked to him once for like an hour and a half. I think he was hitting on me a little you- bit. You gotta lean into that. You gotta get some of that money. You got a sugar daddy now. (laughs) I'm not emotionally stable enough for that, guys. I'm really not. Oh, come on. I'll do it. Give it like (laughs) introduce me, we'll be friends, and then you know, I can slut it up a little bit if he needs me to, (laughs) but no. What other bizarre situation? Oh, um there's the woman. Um, I was talking to her, she was telling me her recovery story and um I was like, oh, I don't quite relate because I don't really, I've never had substance issues. Um, like, because I have my rules. Um, <laughs> Whoa, what are your rules? Let's talk um, about Don't those. drink alone, don't drink and I'm sad and never get crossed. What's crossed mean? High and drunk at the same time. Oh, like cross-faded? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I was like, I can't really relate to that, but I really admire your strength and perseverance. And she goes, you know, and she goes like, she has like this flat tone. I'm like, <laughs> and she says, you know what that means, Sarah, that you don't know what that you don't can't relate i'm like what does that mean that means you hate yourself i'm sorry you're gonna have to unpack that one for me (laughs) that's literally it and i was like you know what and i I like i like had like this like i was like not today not today and i was like you know what i'm just gonna go reflect on that and i'll get back to you later bye-bye and i hung up the phone (laughs) that sounds like some spiritual like praying with like stones and like feeling the she energy literally kind of told stuff. me like, like a straight like dry tone that i hate myself like no yeah. ifs answer but like i just hate myself apparently which i mean you're not completely wrong but like <laughs> well, i think we all hate ourselves like a, just little, a little bit. bit we all have a little inner loathing within yeah. ourselves and i think in i i feel like that's something really big in like um like the mental health world is I feel like if you break it down, everyone on some level can relate to someone in like that has some kind of mental health disorder and it just pushes it to the extreme. So like you like someone could be like, you hate yourself. You have to be in here because you hate yourself. Everyone kind of hates themselves a little bit. It's just what level do we hate ourselves to and how much is that affecting our lives? How much above the base level of self-loathing do you subscribe to? Level one, level two or level three? Uh Level three gets into the inpatient unit. So here we are. (laughs) Exactly. Level one's like, okay, that's baseline. Level two is like, maybe you got to start working on yourself. But Level three, like we, uh, we, what's, what is, what are, what are you feeling right now? Level three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. Um, but, but, but anyway, we move past that. Now we, I, I, this is one of my favorite people in the world now to talk to. Um, we, we have great conversations about our bargain hunting. So it all worked out at the end of the day. I am cheap. I am a very cheap human being. I love nice things, but I don't like paying for them. So. I, yeah, me too. That's why I steal everything. <laughs> no, no. Are you trying to strategy? Please go check my wallet right now. Yeah, what wallet? I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> little, think you walked in with one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you had one when you walked in. Sorry. <laughs> no. uh, you do that for work? Like, what do you do in your free time? How do you spend? Um, I play with? guitar, piano, hang out with my friends. Um, oh when, yeah, you were just jamming on that a yeah, little while ago. Yeah, I was. Um. Uh, if there is a keyboard or piano in sight, I will. I am legally obligated to play it. It's mm-hmm. against my religion not to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But no, I write a lot of songs because that is, again, cheaper than therapy, which I really need to get back into this point. But I can't find, he seemed to bring it within myself to pick up the phone and call somebody because it's just so exhausting. Hmm. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is, I've never been to therapy in my life. The world would be a better place if everyone went to therapy, I swear. Yeah, I hear people say that, but like, I know this is what everyone thinks, but I'm like, what do I if have to I do? I am somewhat mentally stable. I am the poster child for why everybody should go to therapy because I was not okay for like <laughs> the first like t 17 years of life. Yeah, but th th <laughs> And then, then I like... was scared of myself for the rest of them. So like, <laughs> I am holding a job. I was the girl they never thought would go to college, but like, here I am. With a degree. Therapy. Therapy makes the world go round. Yeah, but I think of that and I'm like, what would I do with therapy? Like, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person and I'm like, you'd find a way to get stable. more sleep. All right, I'm booking a therapist right now. I'm going to number you. <laughs> I make a plan, there. make a rap plan how to get more sleep. Yeah, I don't, I think I'm just, um, it sounds terrible to say it out loud, but I think I'm just a little bit too arrogant for therapy. I'd be like, the fuck is this therapist <laughs> no like i i know what i'm doing I, i'm in charge they of my didn't, own mind they didn't, they didn't go to like 10 years of schooling for yeah. this i would just not maybe arrogance isn't the right word but too stubborn maybe i would just like i, I would like disregard what they say and be like well i'm fine anyway <laughs> like i don't know I'm and just that's too why much you should go to therapy probably you're probably <laughs> right oh no you're diagnosing me right here <laughs> No, I don't do that stuff. I just talk to people, talk people in circles until they come to their own conclusions. This is what's happening. Is this? A, are you a plant? Are you a Russian plant? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're a sleeper I, cell. I don't. I have. I girl never sh shares her secrets. <laughs> I just literally just met you, so sorry. True. Yeah, we just met today, actually, yeah. which is pretty crazy. But <laughs> I appreciate you coming on a lot. I, yeah, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you so it's much. It's been fun. I love talking. So you give me opportunity opportunity to babble about myself. How could I say no? Can you talk a little bit about like other than growing up with bipolar disorder, like how you grew up, like where your family's from and kind of if you moved at all when you were Oh, up? yeah. Um, so my here's here's another line. I am El Salvadorian and Jewish raised in a Hindu and Jewish household. That is the line. Say that five times fast. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> um, so and uh, my parents got divorced. When I was a little child to whatever toddler that's the word um and um i moved 10 times and the last time was before was um when i moved to mansfield for middle school um and <laughs> uh but yeah i grew i lived um in new hampshire for a bit i was born in beth israel boston um moved to new hampshire for a bit lived at the brown house near my grandparents and fun fact about that Okay, I'm getting totally off topic now, but my coworker was at my third birthday party and I found, <laughs> like, literally, he was at my third birthday party. And you didn't know him then. But I didn't know him then because I was three, but I know him now. Okay. And How, I work with why him. Why was he there? Because, so my mom remarried my dad, who is Bengali. He's from mm -hmm. India and West Bengal, Kolkata, whatever. And uh, when my mom and him are first dating, my mom was working with this other woman who was also Bengali and was married to a white man. Um, and my I've mom, heard of those. Yeah. White men. <laughs> uh, it's almost like you, you are one. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Check the mirror. <laughs> um, and uh, so my mom was talking to this woman. I was like, oh, how does this work? Because it's such a different culture. Like right. Hindu, Indian, like Indian culture, India in general is just a whole different world. For sure. Vers versus like the culture here in America. And... So at one, and they also had a daughter about my age. Um, so uh, my mom invited them to my third birthday party 
And you know how we figured it out? At one point, my as a challenge, I was told, oh, try to find me on social media. And I found his wife and I was like, why is your wife Facebook friends with my mother? Oh, wow. That's crazy. And then from there, he's like, did you ever live in New Hampshire? Like, yeah, when I was really little, I lived in Dover down the street from my grandparents. And he was like, did you have a pinata at your second or third birthday party? <laughs> and I'm like, at my third birthday party. Yeah, I remember watching the footage. Okay, listen, you have a pinata at your birthday party. You have mental help growing up. Like, you were living large. I didn't have a pinata at any of my birthdays. Oh, oh my God. The best birthday party was, I don't remember when it was, but it was like a mall scavenger hunt. My mom is a literal saint for dealing with a bunch of preteens at a mall doing a scavenger hunt. And it was just like... At a mall? Like an indoor mall? Yeah, she like basically planned the whole thing. Were there other people there? Like yeah, just... like me and my friends. We, we, she split us up into teams and we got a certain amount of money a budget and we had a list of things to get and we whoever made it back with all the things first under budget won what did you what did they win just we got to grab you got to choose what you got one Uh, of the things that you bought with the money oh okay so she had you do your shopping and you just got to keep one of those like that's a smart woman your mom is my mother is the same actually we all have the same i am the carbon i am my mother's mini me quite Mm -hmm. literally and i'm my grandmother's mini mini me We so all your have grandmother is going to be like, what, 16 feet tall then? <laughs> Not quite, but we do all have the same face. Oh, really? No, literally, we have the same face. That's terrifying. I, look- I, I always say, I know how I'm going to age gracefully because I look at my mother and my grandmother and I, and mm-hmm. I feel okay about myself. They look young? Yeah. You get a moisturize. That's the key. That's right. Moisturize. I'm really bad at moisturizing. I'm like sh- shit to my skin and hair. <laughs> I'm, I have really bad skin. I go through like, so I dated this, um, I dated this Korean girl a couple of years ago and she got me on like this whole Korean skincare routine and it, it worked like amazingly. It was bad before it, I have like 30 skin products that I use like every day. It's, it takes like I half have an one hour. face wash. And yeah, night, I know. And I wish I could do that. A night and a morning moisturizer. And that is it. And I, and I use them like maybe once a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have to switch. Like this, this isn't right. I'm the guy. My hair, the girl. I, I have pinched right here. I just shampoo it and call it a day and run a brush through well, it. That's what I do too. Yeah. I do nothing. Well, you hair, have but... no hair. You have, you have guy hair. Guy I hair do. is easier. It's really shaggy right now. I hate it. It grows so long in the sides. <laughs> I have like these little wings. <laughs> I gotta get cut, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. COVID, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, this is like less than a year's worth of growth. That's fast. And like, it's after like a certain length, it starts growing slower too. My hair used to be down, down to here. That's nice. I was going to sell it at one point, but then I died at the end, so I couldn't sell it. Now you're thinking like that cocaine seller. <laughs> Just anything's <laughs> a product. No, but like, I don't, I don't use heat on it. I don't curl it often it's really nice hair i'm gonna be honest Thank it's very you. shiny very thick it, it, i washed it yesterday that's why it's <laughs> some jewish hair <laughs> <laughs> i got the jew jeans and i got the salvadorian jeans what more could you ask for there in a head of hair oh perfect yeah <laughs> so with that in mind with like knowing people or not knowing people but like having people that you know now be part of your life when you were younger and you just ended up connecting later in life how do you feel about like ghosts and like fate and like kind of like these weird things that people think of pseudoscience and things like that i don't not believe it but i don't totally buy it either like explain I believe, that a little bit so i believe that there's like there is some sort of higher power there's some sort of like things work out as they're meant to mm-hmm. that's kind of what i subscribe to 
So you do think there is a higher power? Yes. Okay. What the higher power is, is to be determined. Because, mm. like, I grew up in a very, like, religiously free household. Like, I went through a confirmation program, didn't confirm, went to Hebrew school, didn't get bar mitzvahed. Um, we, my you didn't family, get bar mitzvahed? No, nope, bar mitzvahed. Oh. I did not. Okay. Um, you didn't get a, up in that fancy chair? You didn't do that <laughs> no, over my dead body. Um, <laughs> and, like, my family's logic was, like, we celebrate anything that celebrates good food and family okay like we went to pujas we did easter with we the easter bunny with christmas trees in florida we know as the hindu and the jew with the christmas lights so it was quite entertaining they didn't really know what to do with us right um so yeah so i just believe i believe there's a higher power but what that higher power is to me is to be determined because hmm. like, out of respect to people who take it so seriously i feel like it's not something i can take lightly you know yeah and also like so this is like my one like i somehow my closest friends are all pagan like every single one of them <laughs> and they're all brought up in catholic households so i have this theory that children growing up in catholic households is ultimately become pagan yeah that's weird because i grew up in a catholic household too and i had a lot of catholic friends growing up catholic and jewish friends and all my catholic friends are pagan too <laughs> that's so weird that you say that i don't know what draws them to it maybe what it's about all you? the saints I'm asking the questions. What about you? I think I'm in the same boat as you where I'm like, I think there's a higher power. But my thing is, I think all religions have a piece to the puzzle. And I think some things are right. I think some things are wrong. And I think when looking at religion as a whole, whether it's Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism, you have to take into consideration that these are stories and the way that we used to pass down our history wasn't written. It was through stories. So these stories are elaborate so that you can remember them and pass them down to your kids. And even though you're remembering these and passing them down to your kids, you're kind of adding a little razzle-dazzle yourself and you're kind of taking in things and removing things. So even if these are, ultimately, if they came from a true story over thousands of years, they kind of get diluted and changed a little bit. Even if I think the core values are intact, like Christianity, for example, I think they have a lot of really good core values with um, personal responsibility and loving like your neighbor and a lot of these things. And side tangent even though a lot of christians kind of don't get that right um i, I think really? there's a, i think there's a lot of really, really good values there and there's somewhere those values must have come from so that's kind of how i feel about it i was actually like my one of my closest friends is very in, does is studying religious studies and all that stuff and she was talking to me about like satanism and i'm like you know what that makes sense the satanism is like all living in the moment and it's like we oh. are in the moment like what happens next is what happens next. We're like, we're in the moment. I was like, I don't want to say I'm a Satanist because that sounds like kind of really bad. <laughs> but like, I kind of like, I, I vibe with that. Like, I hmm. vibe with that a little bit. And she's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, From what I've heard about Satanism, it is very like relaxed and chill. And it's, it kind of gets a bad rap where people think it's like, oh, you worship Satan and you like are into all this devil worship and stuff. And it's like, it's not really that. Do you believe in like ghosts and demons and things like that? Or is, do you believe in one and not the other? To be determined. You don't know. Have you ever had an experience? No, but I, I've had friends who have. Like and You weren't there with them. You're just taking it. No, okay. I just, they weren't there with them. But like, like, again, like there's so much in this world that can't be explained. You can't discount really anything. Yeah, um, I don't believe in ghosts. I respect people that do and people that have had experiences. For me, I'm like, I've never had an experience or anything like that. 
So when I hear other people's stories, I'm like, well, that could be explained in a very simple but way. Thing, there's no proof for it, but there's also no proof against it. What do you mean? Like when you really like, is there really anything disproving ghosts? I don't know. I have to think about that. Is there anything disproving? Like, there's ghosts? nothing proving that they're there, but there's also nothing not disproving them. Yeah, I think the general thing is like, so like, I, if you I, can't I, prove it, like that's the disproof. Like, I don't know what you would do. But like, to how can it, you, you know? pr- how can you prove something that is so unique to each individual person? Right. Yeah, but also, how can you disprove it? If it's so unique mm. to each individual person. I gotcha. But, and it's what's weird to me is that a lot of these ghost stories are very similar and they have like, they're so similar in fact that there's different, there's names for different types of ghosts. Like a ghost that I, I don't know the names, what, what the scientific names or whatever are, but there's know. ghosts that loop and just replay the same kind of like situation over and over. You and know more than I do. You I, sure you don't believe in ghosts? No, actually, fun fact. I, do you know the show Ghost Adventures? No. So it's a show that was on Discovery Channel, and uh, I was on that show. It's a wait, what? Yeah, there's a like reenactment. They needed someone to play like a guy that burned to death in a house. So I was on that show, and you burned to death in the house. I burned to death in this house. Ah! That's how I had to say it. It was terrible. <laughs> um, so I was on this show, and and we were in this old Victorian house in Gardner, Massachusetts. And uh, it was just a lot of sitting around all day, basically, while they were waiting to film. Hurry me. up and wait. And yeah, pretty much. And actually, the um, it was really funny because they get it and they're telling me like all this stuff you're gonna do and like what you're gonna say. And then the producer comes in and like he just strolls in and as soon as he gets in the room, they're like, "All right, we're ready to record." Like no messing around. As soon as he gets there, we're ready to go. Um, and I remember I was like probably 17 at the time, and he hands me a cigarette and he's like. Have you ever smoked before? And, you know, I'm just like trying to do this job. I'm like, yeah, I smoke all the time. <laughs> like, of course, never smoked before in my life. Ever, so he ever. hands it to me. I light it up. I'm like, I take a puff and I just start coughing all over the place. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, anyway, long story short, we shoot this film and they take me to dinner afterwards. And I'm talking to the, like the whole production cast and crew and everything like that. Um, and we're like drinking and we're like having a good time. And then it gets to like the end of the night. And I'm like, all right, guys, level with me. Do you think ghosts are real? And I don't want to make anyone mad, but the entire cast, except for this one guy, was like, no, ghosts aren't real. Like, <laughs> this is just, it's like, they're like, well, it, it could be real, but like through all these years of doing it, like we've never experienced anything. And then there's like this one young kid that was like, they're definitely real. Well, yeah, because you have a bunch of cameras everywhere. Right. That's my thing too, is that they could be real. My friend told me the story like that happened to her. So her aunt passed away. Mm-hmm. And like, but before she knew her aunt passed away, um, the fire alarm went off in her house, just in her room. Okay. Her house is rigged. So the whole house goes up, goes off. Oh, or, the fire alarms are chained yeah, together or none at all. Yeah. They're chained mm-hmm. together, but it only went off in her room. And she found out like 20 ish minutes later that her aunt had passed. Like it just passed. Oh, 20 minutes later after it went off. Yeah. After it went off. Like she didn't know beforehand. And then she got the call that her aunt had passed 20 minutes before, basically. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of makes me like, like, are there something? Is there something like, like, like I can't say for sure. I don't think anyone really can, but like, I can't say they're not a thing either. So if you want to know my, do you want to know my deep conspiracy about it? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's unwind this bitch. 
Um, so <laughs> you're gonna make me spit out my water all over your mic and you're gonna be very sad. That's fine. That's, don't worry about it. Um, they're very resilient. Um, so my deep conspiracy is that if ghosts exist, and it's kind of the same thing with aliens, I think they're probably related. I think we're just, we assign our human kind of like what we want them to be and what we've seen them like throughout history. Little green Martians. Yeah, exactly. And I think ghosts and aliens are probably related or similar in a way. Um, but I think there's probably like, and I, okay, I don't want to say I think this, like this is something that I hold core to my belief, but I like theorizing about it. And my theory would be that there's probably like another plane of existence or something where these things can interact with us, but we can't necessarily interact with them. So when you think of a 2D, a two dimension, something on a page, you can interact with it from like a third dimension. You can poke down on them and you can see them from outside but they can't see you because they can only see horizontally. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> Hopefully but someone will get that. aliens are real. What they, do you mean? Well, you can't... There's a whole universe. It's naive to think that they aren't. Right. But we can't say for sure they're real. But just like, like you can't say for sure years. that ghosts aren't. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we're just hoping and through mathematics calculating that they're real but until we see them we could like there's also the 0.001% chance that we live in a universe where aliens aren't real and we're the only life forms but 0.000 yeah it's very slow <laughs> yeah it's very thin but i don't know what the actual number is either but um yeah what would you do if aliens came down what would be your game plan Hide. <laughs> You're gonna hide from it. What if they're nice? What if they offer well, us? Granted, like media hasn't really portrayed them as nice human be well, nice creatures. They're not human beings. They're aliens. Right. Um, well, I, some humans I've met might be aliens too. Let's. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm, he's definitely an alien, hundred percent. I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that statement. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess it depends if they come with guns blaring, blazing, whatever the word is, or just like they just land peacefully and like say, hey, what's up? Want to smoke hmm. a joint or something? Like, <laughs> I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Honestly, can they? Like that would be lit, literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, first thing they're touching down, they're going on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like immediately. They got it. They just, like if they don't, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> They've got to. Yeah, that, that would be epic. That would be That'd epic. Be it's I just, wonder how you translate that. That's what I was going to say. Like, how do you think they talk? But through the mind, if they just have like clicks. Have you seen the movie um, Arrival? I think it's called. I don't really watch movies. I watch Grey's okay. Anatomy over and over and oh over again. Oh, my gosh. My sister loves that show. That's Grey's one where she's Anatomy a doctor, right? Grey's Anatomy is where it's at. Oh, my god! I've watched it way too many times and it's socially acceptable. Have you seen the full thing? How yeah. many times have you seen like the full thing? Well, to season 12 once, to season 16 once, and I'm going through again now. And then when that finishes, season 17 should be done. Oh, my. They're still going? This yeah. was happening when I was a kid. Grey's Anatomy was on. Or in high school, at least. My thing, and I hate to admit this, but in high school, my thing was uh, One Tree Hill. I loved One Tree Hill with Chad you Michael Murray. You can't even talk about Grey's Anatomy. Have you, like you One seen Tree Chad Michael Murray? He's a beautiful man. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but like you make dreamy, make steamy. You can't, you can't deny it. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. I mean, there's just beautiful people in television. Let's beautiful leave it people. there. Beautiful people. And Sharon <laughs> sings about all of them. That is a great song too. I that love that That is an Sharon. amazing song. Yeah. Um, he's like a really nice guy too. I've seen videos of him just like, 
people are singing his songs in public and he just goes up and starts singing with them. He's just like a really down to earth or seems like a really down to earth. Seems like guy. a really down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. If I, who's like, if you can meet any celebrity, who's the one you would meet? Can't say Ed Sheeran or Joe Rogan. <laughs> Me in what context? Um, let's say you get to go out to dinner with them and hang out with them for like two hours. Oh, Brendan Urie, hands down. That'd be a time and a half. Really? Okay. Smoke a joint with Brendan Urie. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I didn't say you got to smoke a joint with him, but okay. Yeah. You probably would be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Or Taylor Swift. I, I'm basic. Really? I am basic as, as basic as they come. I like Taylor Swift too. I Everyone love hates on her, but she's so nice. I don't so understand nice. it. Dude, okay. I am like, a, I'm, I'm an old Taylor. So I like all these re-releases are giving me life. Yeah. like <laughs> Mr. The, uh, Perfectly Fine is like, yes. <laughs> all the TikToks that say like, I went like, because when it came out, I was, so I was in fourth grade when her first album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fearless came out probably when I was like in middle school. So I didn't have actual boy issues. I was in middle school. It's middle school shit. Right. Like I didn't have heartbreak. I didn't have any of this stuff. But now I'm just like, oh my god, now you can Taylor relive Swift. It. I can relive <laughs> all my trauma. Right. Yeah, I remember like my first introduction to her was You Belong With Me, I think, which is like the classic one. Excuse me. Um but she just always seemed like such a nice like person. Like a- as she's gotten bigger and like grown she's up a little unchanged. bit. She she is unchanged, but she definitely has like that cutting edge. Like before she was like just nice and like anyone could step on me. Now she's like, you're not gonna step on me. Like I'm a powerful, confident woman and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself down and I don't Check care it. about you. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice. I love it. I but. love it. I love Taylor Swift. Me and my um best one of my best friends. <laughs> Um, we shamelessly, very shamelessly, um, like scream, sing, sparks fly and better than revenge on a mm-hmm. regular basis. <laughs> oh, still to this day. To this day. That's embarrassing. I'm going to cut that part out. We don't, <laughs> no. we don't need anyone know that. <laughs> no, but I just, I don't know. I, the, her Speak Now album is like one of, probably one of my favorites. Speak oh. Now and Fearless. When did that one come out? Speak Now. That one's after Fearless. That's okay, like better so than revenge, second. sparks fly, speak now. Um, mm-hmm. You, you're going hard you know all the albums <laughs> i know i know most well, well after that i kind of fell off for a bit mm-hmm. and then i rejoined in like the um 1989 era okay yeah that was at that was after red yeah i, I skipped red like after high school for me i think that came out yeah okay so brendan yuri or taylor swift is yes. your two picks for celebs or both i can i just go to the me music video shoot please Oh, that's right. They did that. Sh- I'm going to be honest. I love Taylor I Swift. I like love Brendan. It was a terrible That song. was an awful, awful It was song. horrible. They just, their voices don't go well together. No. They were just awkward on the video. It was, it was strange. It, no, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. But what I did like was when Taylor Swift did that, um, they, she did a song with, was it you, me and everyone we know? Um, oh, I forget what the song is called now. Um, Boys Like Girls. She did a song with Boys Like Girls. Um, two is better than one. Two is better than one. That was a good song. That was that a good one song. Was really Boys good. Like Girls. Ugh. Remember them? Oh, uh, one Tinder guy I met with was actually is actually friends with the former lead singer. Oh, really? Like literally, I was just like, what the fuck? Okay, dude? wait. Was he friends with the lead singer? Or did he say he was friends? He with pulled the lead up text singer? messages in a video he sent him. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's a like, quote. And I'm like, what? 
That's yeah. pretty cool. He had like 10,000 Instagram followers. I'm just like, what? Yeah, that's something I don't think a lot of people take into consideration is these celebrities are just people. Like they have friends that didn't get famous that they know. Yeah. And I was like, the amount of times I've screamed song Great Escape and like Love Drunk are mm-hmm. is an embarrassingly high amount. I used to be obsessed with that when I was younger. Like all those like punk Favorite. rock indie bands. Oh, my emo phase. I loved it. Mm. Yeah. I never got out of it. I'm still there. <laughs> it's not a phase. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I went to Sad Summerfest. Uh, I don't think last year because last year was COVID. But the last year, year was non-existent. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. we just forget about last year. It's a black <laughs> hole. We don't talk about her. She's like the <laughs> last year is like the uncle that nobody invites to the Thanksgiving. Listen, what if I died and all of this is just like me? <laughs> yeah, what if all this is just me <laughs> passing away? Who knows? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the world like spontaneously combusts and this is just the afterlife for us all. I would be on board. That would be fine with me. I'd be like, listen, I had a good ride. I am. I love life. But if it's All my time well. to go, let's go. It's my time to go. It's my time to go. I actually, I had a moment like that in college. Go on. <laughs> the fire alarm went off like 3 a.m. And I woke up. I said to myself, if it's my time to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, just stay there. Burn it's alive. It's my time to go. And I went mm-hmm. back to sleep. That's what you do. And I woke up the next morning. So well, it's all okay. Did you though? Or is this all a fever dream? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Since you never leave your emo phase, who's your like your favorite top emo band? We already said Panic we said Brendan Yuri, so let's leave out Panic at the Disco and let's leave out Boys Meet Girls. But is there Boys Like Boys, Girls? Girls Like Girls, I'm Get sorry. Get it right. Yeah, I know. I'm so bad. I'm not even a real emo kid. Who's like your top other than those guys? Give me a second. You have challenged me. Mm-hmm. For me, I really like you, me, and everyone we know. Simple plan. Simple plan, really. Simple Classic. plan. All right, they're really good, actually. They're really. Simple, I don't know. I, don't I just listen to songs. I don't care about the people. <laughs> Except Brendan Urie. Except Taylor Brendan Urie, because it's Brendan Urie. Right. I mean, he is panning at the disco. At for this being point, honest. he is. <laughs> yeah. Simple plan is. I never really like got into them a lot. I listened to like a couple of their songs here and there, but. They were like a little too angry for me. It just. I was a very angry. I was yeah, a very angry true, human. Yeah, true, true. I was a very, very angry human, but I didn't let anyone see it. So therefore, simple plan suited Except me at perfectly. Home. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was like the t- t- Tasmanian, whatever the word, Tasmanian devil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah, I was just like. <laughs> That's how I was too, but. Oh no, just, I was on a different scale, huh? I believe it. I believe it. Like w- the music that I listened to during that kind of phase was very much like heart throbby, like. Singing about love and how I only love one girl, but she doesn't want me, and like all this kind of stuff, and like Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, <laughs> and just like this sad stuff. See, like, I had much bigger shit to worry about back then. Right. So I, didn't, I actually really didn't date during high school because I was so mm. mentally unstable that no one should, no one, no one <laughs> would be able to handle me. Nor should I be, nor should I be with anybody. So like, I feel that way about every high schooler. To be completely honest with you, like no one in high school should be dating. None of them are are no mentally one. stable. No one is mentally stable. Hormones, they are a thing, people. <laughs> For sure. Even now, like the hormone imbalance imbalances, excuse me, in people is crazy. Yeah, catch me when I before my period. I'm a raging bitch. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That makes One sense. time I was PMSing so badly, just broke down, like <laughs> hyperventilating in math class, like in the middle of math class my freshman year of high school. Like, just like flat out, just like tears, hyperventilation, like whole shebang. And then I got my period the next day. I'm just like, that explains it. 
this all makes sense now. Everything makes sense. But of course, I had to go explain that to everybody. How do you explain? Like, I, I was right. PMSing because that's such a taboo thing, which and, is stupid. And I think that's like where a lot of, because no one does explain that. No, no one explains that like hormones can affect your mood. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I feel like that's where a lot of the guys are like, bitches are crazy. Like women are so crazy. That stuff comes Try from, bleeding out of your bleeding exactly, for yeah. five days and then come back <laughs> to me and tell me I'm crazy. But guys like at that age don't know that. No one's told it to them. And they don't even learn until they start dating women and then they have to deal with it firsthand. So I think a lot of that stigma and things like that, I think, come from us not teaching our kids that this is a perfectly normal thing that happens. Sex ed, everybody. Right. It's so taboo. Why don't we do like proper sex ed in schools? I don't get it. Literally. Like, honestly, in my opinion, guys just get vasectomy so I don't have to be on birth control because birth control fucking (laughs) sucks. I don't know about that. Like, well, those are reversible. You came from a Jewish family. You're down with this genital mutilation. Do you okay? Okay. Do you know I? I okay. <laughs> Do you know the side effects of birth control? Have you ever read? Oh yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible, yeah. right? The side effects of vasectomy? Pretty much nothing. <laughs> Yes. Do you know, I actually have an IUD because I don't do the pill because mm-hmm. dark and twisty brain and hormones with more right. hormones does not mix. And guess what the side effect for that is? A ruptured uterus. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Perforated, I think the word is. It's better for me. <laughs> you know... I'm going to ignore that comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think our birth control has been... And you know, there was a birth control pill tested for men. And do you know why yep. it was rejected for the I same? I don't actually. Why wasn't it? Because it caused mood swings and oh, really? pain. Was it a hormone thing or... I don't, I don't know exactly what it was. And it caused acne and weight gain. Yeah. And oh no, men can't handle that, mm-hmm. but women can. And like the whole, also the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, like the blood clot thing. Like five days like, after it came out, they're like, we're pulling it. <laughs> and then like birth control. Yeah. I think our, a lot of our birth controls have been focused on hormones and like doing things internally, but we got to get something like we have like a super condom or something. We got to upgrade it and not try and. It's like shooting a gun at a bulletproof vest. Yeah. It's like one of these times it's going to break. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's like something that I know like Bill Gates and his wife Melinda Gates have been working on. I think it's really been Melinda Gates where they're paying people, I think it's like a million dollars if they develop a better, like feels better condom and it's still either as effective or more effective than a condom. Um, or men can just get vasectomies and that's that because like... Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Because like, th- I, like, I, like getting an IUD is like a literal procedure. Like they numb you, like they yep. put like a needle up in there and they like mm-hmm. do the things like... The only thing that I have against vasectomies and even I- IUDs is it's like some people won't do it because they're religious and, and things like that. But even at that point, like you just don't have sex till you're married. So exactly. I don't know. It, it is also expensive to do these procedures versus like a condom. That's like, oh, yeah. and it's also like, like goes to like white privilege and privilege socioeconomical differences like birth control. Like it's all intertwined. Like, yeah, that- the low income versus the high income and. Yeah, I think a lot of like like the birth control and things like that. I think we just aren't putting the resources that we should into it. I think a lot of people are just because like it for works women. for now. Exactly. It's yeah. for women, not for men. If it was yeah. for men, and all the white men on Capitol Hill would just be like, "Oh my gosh, no!" Are you kidding me? All the white men on Capitol Hill, their semen has dried up like twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, they can't have babies if they wanted to. 
I had a really bad comment pop into my head that I'm not going to say. Say it. No. <laughs> we'll cut it. We'll cut it. No, no, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's just kind of... Um, Bill Clinton's wasn't... He was young then. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But like, now, no where, they are, where they are, and were really young. Well, they were. Yeah, they started out as babies. No. That's how everyone starts off. But like, off. how does like... I don't know. I'm tired. Ignore me. <laughs> I've had a week. I've dealt with gotcha. so much shit this week. I don't can't trust what comes out of my mouth. That's fine. There's just if we're like staying on that kind of train of thought, there's too many fucking old people, dude. There's too many not in life, you know, let the old people live, but just on like Capitol Hill, man. Let like, the get old them people out of there. live. No, we're just gonna kill them all oh, off. Oh, <laughs> I don't like when you've been in government for like 30, 40 there years. There should be like, term limits. Go. There needs yeah. to be term limits on the Senate and the House. Like, please, please. I, I understand the Supreme Court not having one because that's supposed to be like our Council of Elders. That makes sense. When you're talking about like Congress and like the House of Representatives, even the president, like, let's have a cutoff at 70. <laughs> like, we, we need some people really? that know what's going on. Like, literally, like, when I was like, like, the whole like vice president like thing, like Kamala Harris, it's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm really hoping, no offense, Biden, but like, if you conk out, <laughs> I'd be okay with that because we get Kamala. I think Kamala's already running it. Honestly, like, I Biden's not doing it. He had his, um, uh, he, he just addressed Congress the other day. His, his, um, um, so he had that the other day. Largely incoherent. <laughs> Didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> he just, he said, like, uh, he said, we're going to build back. Not only are we going to build back better, but we're going to build back better. It's like, Biden, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, that should just be, like, immediate grounds for get the fuck out of there. It's Literally, not the first time give he's done me it. Kamala, please. I don't know about Kamala. I'm not... People like her. People hate her. You know her. what? I'm not on board Anything with her. Anything is better than what we had. Trump? Yes. Yeah. I, Trump had problems, for sure. He was, <laughs> he was rough, but... I don't know. Uh, Trump was scary. The thing about... He was terrifying. And the fact that people... Mm, I'm not going to <laughs> The thing that I don't like about Kamala is like she doesn't... She hasn't given like any of her stances on things. So it's like I'm worried. That worries me. That like, She's at like the second highest like position in the land. And like we don't know what the fuck she wants. Like it, it, granted that. it could be fine. She could go in and be like, yeah, I'm going to make everything great. But I'm just like, I hate the unknown, you know? I don't like not knowing things. Like, That's fair. Tell me what you I want. I can relate to that. And it just, I'm like, eh. Tell me all. But then again, politics. Exactly. No one knows yeah. anything in politics. Yeah, they just say shit. People it doesn't just mean anything. talk people in circles and make them think that they're right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like Biden, like one of his selling points was no one under, that makes under $400,000 is going to be taxed more. And then at a State of the Union the other day, He's like, everyone's getting taxed more. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they're literally just saying, like, they're all the same. It's just, we got to figure something out is what Honestly, I think. Honestly, I'm just happy there's not a, like, a blatant white supremacist as our president mm. anymore. And I noticed how I said blatant white supremacist because <laughs> I'm honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything at this point. My, I think um, Brett Weinstein had a really good idea with his, I, I forget what he ended up calling the party. It was like the People's Party or something like that. Um where a Republican and a Democrat run together. So they run on this uh, two-year term each. So the, they do like a coin flip or whatever, and the Republican's in charge for two years with the Democrat as the VP, and then after two years they switch, and the Democrat's president and the Republican's VP. That way they're working together, and they know the other person's going to screw them over if they screw the first person over. Huh. That's fair, but also like, <clears throat> going to like a different topic, like the parties, like the parties mm. in general, like, 
pretty outdated <laughs> not even that like america is so skewed to the right that our left is everywhere else's moderates what do you mean because our like right wing are literal nazis <laughs> like our like the like the conservative like the like on the very right are white supremacists and nazis quite literally and yeah. the left and the, what's considered leftist is like health insurance universal health care um tax like all these like living wages if you look at every other country their leftist is like government seizure of property their leftist you mean that's their leftist <clears throat> yeah Wait, that doesn't exist here because we're so skewed far right that what's considered leftist here is moderate in every other country because every other country every other western world like europe canada they have all of the like universal health care like, like living wages etc mm. etc but like we don't have that here because our right is so skewed to the right. Like there's no room for an extreme left. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I see it kind of both ways. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I have friends that are like on the left and I have friends that are on the right and they both kind of say the same thing. They're like, people on the right will be like, well, we're so skewed to the left and people on the left will be like, oh, we're so skewed to the right. And neither is really great. Cause if you go far right, you're right. We have like white supremacists and people that are like, if you're not white, if you're not like blonde hair, blue eyes, get the fuck out of here. And then you have people on the left where they're like, I've never read a book in my life. Communism's great. And it's like, communism's pretty fucking stupid. But um, so you have like people on both sides. Like, what do you like, think of mainstream politics? Main, mm -hmm. like mainstream politics. Like, that's definitely skewed to the left, though. No, like, what is art? Like, in terms of like, I'm trying, like, I saw this really good, like, graph. Like, and that's how they taught, they're taught in like Canada and Europe. Yeah, no, no, I understand what you mean. Whereas, like, in the UK, they're, like, um, if you look at Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, for example, in the UK, they'd be part of, like, the, I think they call it the People's Union, which is kind of like our Republican Party, versus there's no, like, far left party here. Other than, like, Bernie Sanders would probably be, like, considered moderate left in the UK and Canada. Yeah. So I know what you mean. I take your point. And I think the argument is that just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean it's what we should do. I think the point of America is that we're different than all these other countries. We don't want to be like one global nation. That's not great for us. But like universal health. Sorry, that's like my big thing. Universal <laughs> yeah. health care. Like I mean, that should be the thing. Anyone working 40 hours should be able to support themselves and their mm -hmm. family to an extent. Like, um, should be at least at the very least be able to support themselves. Um, I agree with that. But there are challenges with universal healthcare as well. Like in Canada, they do have it, but also if you get sick with something, you're never going to get seen. You know, it's months or years to even get seen by a specialist. So there's problems with that too. And I think America is in a really great position where we have all these resources and we have all these doctors where we can work to find a solution that's not necessarily you wait three months if you get cancer or something to get seen. I think there's somewhere in there that we're like our country can figure out and bring that to the rest of the world. We don't have to take something that someone's already doing. Why not just make our own system that's better than everything else, you know? If that makes any sense. <laughs> so here's my question. Do you think that people, that healthcare should be universally, ac universally accessible? I take the point that having healthcare more universally accessible is probably for the best. But if we can figure out how to do that without having to wait three months, I think that's the way to go. But right now, there's no way to do that. Okay, I have a question. Well, how kind of long do you, how long does it take for you to schedule like a primary care appointment? Like when do you schedule it? In America? Yeah. Like just it's for like you. like a week. 
Really? You don't yeah. ice cash mine like a year out. Because they fill up Well, fast. yeah, because you, you go on like your birthday or whatever, and then they schedule it right there. But yeah. for me, I go, so I kind of live in the middle of nowhere. So when I schedule my primary care, it's like I can get it that week or something. Because like, I don't know about you, but I would rather not pay for it, like have a universal health care that's free and like that won't bankrupt right. me. Yeah. Um, and wait a couple months to see my PCP or to, and honestly, like, like I actually looked it up and the wait, like emergency room wait time is only like 90 minutes longer in terms of like, sure. Emergency that. rooms, but I'm talking I, and about, I, I can't speak on the specialist standpoint. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause people in Canada, that's like a really big thing they're facing with COVID is you can't come to America now. So the, the there's people that are just dying because like, I, I have a friend that lives in Canada and she had to drive her dad to arizona he had like osteoporosis or some shit like that i forget what it was i'm sorry but um she, she had to drive her dad to arizona to get checked because they just can't get in arizona it was like a like a couple like nine months wait or something like that and it's but, like what do yeah. you do but also like what do you do when it bankrupts you exactly that's what i'm saying is like that, that I, I think there should be a middle ground but like i exactly, feel like the first yeah. thing is like like i remember when they first like announced trump's healthcare plan i like that was like the first time in life i was like genuinely terrified because mm. i did the math i take medication every day and i did like because bipolar disorder is a pre-existing condition on, was uh, under his plan and my meds annually would cost more than thirty thousand dollars that insurance oh wow the i didn't go to college to get a career degree i went to college so i could get a good job with good insurance because i'm spoiled on my parents insurance right like universal health care is like like there are people with insulin who need insulin to live who have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars a year to get that. For there are sure. people who like one of my coworkers is currently not on meds like that could really it's too help expensive because it's too expensive. Yeah. And before that, he didn't have health insurance because he didn't have a job. But what I will say is I don't think like, like I think we're approaching that from the wrong angle. And, you know, to Trump's credit, I think get a really good idea with the insulin is. He's basically like, hey, if you're going to sell insulin at this really high rate in America and not sell it in another country, we're basically going to tax the shit out of you. And then they, the thing was they dropped it. But then as soon as Biden got in, he lifted that. So I think our, the, where we should be going with that is attacking the drug companies that are jacking oh, up the definitely. prices. And it's like no one really wants to have that conversation. Or it seems but like also no one at the, the top wants that we don't outsource anything. We don't, what do you mean? The United States doesn't outsource. Like, everything is like in-house, in-country. That's my understanding of it. Like for healthcare, you mean? No, for drugs, like medicine. Oh, oh like making the drug and stuff like that. It's all we don't outsource from Canada or Europe or whatnot. Yeah, and it, that in itself creates a monopoly within the United States, exactly. which gets the, so which raises hikes the prices because they have a monopoly. Yeah, it's um not just in the United States though. I mean, the price is way higher here. But even companies in the United States, if they do sell it out of country. It'll be way cheaper out of the country. So you go to Mexico, you can get insulin for like oh, 30 definitely bucks. because they can because they can import too because there's competition. No, no, I mean the companies here that make insulin will export it to Mexico and sell it for thirty dollars, but it's like five hundred dollars because here. there's no competition. Exactly, here. yeah, it's it's ridiculous. We're, I think we're agreeing. I think we're, I think we're agreeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just didn't understand what you meant. I'm sorry. Um, and like that's to me, I'm like, why are we letting these companies do this shit? Like. They're just hurting people to make money and everyone knows it. And we're and just I think pretending that the that really simple happen. solution to that is just let the, have there be competition. Right. Like let other countries, pharma, other pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. from other countries sell within the United States. It, but then they use the argument like, well, we don't know if it's safe. It has to go through our FDA. And then they find like some bunk reason to not promote it versus like we're doing the same thing it's the same thing in another country it's crazy yeah it's, it is ridiculous it is like the it's ludicrous it's yep. criminal 
Yeah, it should be. It, that should absolutely be like a federal crime slapped on these companies. I we love agree. government corruption, everybody. We yeah. love to see it. We love to see it. Isn't that so weird, though, is everyone's always like, the government's so corrupt. I hate the government. And like, instead of like banding together and being like, let's get these fucking crooks out of there. We're like, oh, well, I'm on the left and I'm on the right. It's like, it's so the same divisive. team. There's no yeah. left. There's no right. It's the same crooks. And they're just pretending they're on different teams. Basically. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Some crooks are crookier than others, but yeah. Yeah. Some people like to make more money. Some people don't care as much how they make the money. Remember when like um, the pandemics first started and like there were stories about like like, Congress men and women who pulled out their stocks and invested in Zoom? (laughs) Did you read that? I do remember that. that. Yeah, yeah. It was before it happened. (laughs) Actually, Nancy Pelosi was one of them. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Um, It was Zoom. They did masks and they did Amazon as well. Yep. Yep. It was crazy. That that is literally illegal, and <laughs> no one cares. That's Nothing happened. Trading, like, and it's oh my finest. gosh. Martha Stewart went to jail for that. Literally. <laughs> it's so dumb, but I don't know. Let's uh let's end this on a happy note, though. Okay. Um, let's say, ten years from now, where do you picture yourself? What's like your dream scenario ten years from now? I don't know. I really don't. I guess like. Traveling, seeing theater, traveling, working a job that I love. Mm-hmm. Maybe husband or kids or whatnot, but like, <laughs> I don't really care about that that much right now. Right. But like, job I love, travel, theater. And family. What are the top three places you like to travel? Ooh, I want to go to Morocco, Greece, and Egypt. Egypt's on my top. Yeah, I want to do Egypt too. I need to see the pyramids before I die. I know. That's where the aliens are going to be. (laughs) My brother and my dad went. I was so pissed. They went without me. Why'd they leave you? Because I was in college. Ah, okay. (laughs) I was so sad. Hmm. They have pictures in front of the pyramids. I'm just like, rude. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) What would you uh, do if you went there other than see the pyramids? I know, just like see like just people watch walk around the like like the best mm. way to, i feel like the best way to see a city is to walk around and just see where it takes you yeah i kind of dislike like i went to montreal one time and sorry jacob if you're listening but we went to montreal one time and he just like wanted to go all these different places and like do all these things and i'm like the kind of person that's like i want to sit on a park bench and people watch exactly i just want to like smoke a joint walk around the city with yes. like some sunglasses on that's all i want to do have a drink in my hand after the joint wears off uh-huh. like don't cross fade never cross never <laughs> that's rule number three rule number three <laughs> um yeah and that's just kind of like my thing is when i visit places i like to just i want to watch people i want to see what it's like to be there i don't want to go to like i mean it is fun to visit like museums and like visit these like niagara falls stuff like that but like but, only so much can happen in a museum i'm seeing things yeah. that i'm seeing things that already happened i want to see what's happening now i will say when we went to montreal the smithsonian was there and that was pretty cool to see okay that's fair i yeah. actually went to um the met um Actually, last September, because I was like, I need to go to New York City for my own sanity. Because when I got my first job, my mom thought that I should start saving. But I saw a countdown of how many impulsive and stupid things can I do within a week? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that question was go to New York twice in one week. Because oh um, that's all I could really do. Because no planes um, at that point, because it was True. September. Luckily, we're close enough to drive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I say that. It's, but it's, 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 it's well, no, long. I actually just the first time when I decided... At nine, at nine o'clock, I asked, I was, I was on the FaceTime with my, with my now ex, and I was like, what's the most impulsive thing I could do right now? <laughs> I literally, and I was like, I could go to New York. And, mm-hmm. then I, and I asked him, will you go with me? He's like, no, it's like nine o'clock. I'm like, okay, bye. I at call, night? 
Yeah. Oh and I called gosh. my friend who is equally as possible. Like, so hypothetically, if I asked you to go to New York with me right now, like in like within the hour, would you go? She went like, are you like is for reals? I'm like, yeah, for realsies. And she, I, um, she was like, yeah, sure. So by 1030, we were on the road with the hotel booked and booked tickets to the Met and the zoo on the way down. I mean, that's awesome, though. <laughs> what do we, that, like, that's impulsive, but it's also a really cool thing to do. <laughs> like, that's I an experience so, you're going to remember. Like the, I'm an impulsive planner. Yes. Th- I mean, that's a great way to be impulsive, though. You know what you're doing. You know what you're getting into. Yes. <laughs> I went to, um, I impulsively went to D.C. It was my first time ever being to D.C. You're familiar with Boston. So you know how the roads make no sense. Someone just scribbled. No, Providence is worse. Someone just scribbled and said, here are the roads. Yeah. <laughs> DC is the worst. I, whoever designed DC, I will have a physical cage match with. <laughs> I hate you, whoever designed DC. Every road is a one way. And then you have to drive around the entire city to get back. So I was staying at like. That's like Providence. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like Providence. Oh, oh, And then like my hotel was on like a corner. But you couldn't see the sign from like the one way that because there's only one street that goes down there. And you, so you couldn't see the Holiday Inn sign or whatever it was or Hilton Garden Inn. Um, so I'm like, it's like I get there at 12 o'clock a.m. So it's like really dark, really creepy at night. DC is really not the safest place. So I'm like walking around trying to find this place. I'm walking around for like two hours asking everyone. They're like, it's right down there. I get in my car, drive. I can't even get to the street they're trying to point to. So by like three in the morning, I get there. I go to check in and I'm like, hey, I'm just looking to check in right now. Like I have a reservation and everything. Um, And she's like, do you want us to park your car for you? And I was like, no, I I parked on the street. And she's like, that only lasts three hours and you can't increase it. So not only do you have to drive down these one ways to get this hotel that you can't even see, but you have to refresh your parking every three hours. so You can't even sleep through the night. (laughs) I just took the tickets and dealt with it. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) It was like, oh, I was so tired. But. That's my, I just don't recommend DC to anyone. It's terrible. <laughs> don't go to DC. Unless you're walking it. Unless you're walking. It is actually beautiful to walk. Yeah. I will I've say been there. Much. I've been there a couple of times. One, mm. twice actually. Once when we drove up from Florida to Massachusetts when we were moving. Mm-hmm. And the second time when I was, did the confirmation program, I went to go to the Holocaust Museum, which yep. was very depressing. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. But it's beautiful. It's, it's heavy. Definitely heavy. Definitely. I actually did a, uh, speaking of theater, I did a theater show. It was one of my first ones, maybe my second one. It was called And the Giants Fell, and it was about, it wasn't about the Holocaust, but it was about 9-11, and, like, it was really interesting, actually. It took this perspective of these, uh, like, Afghan families and the perspective of a U.S. family and how they were, like, kind of going through the same thing, um, where they're, like, 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 the family in the the Middle East was, like, we don't hate America, we don't, like, hate anything, like, we just want to be free, and, like, there are these people trying, like, these radicals trying to do this thing, and then people in America are, like, there's these radicals trying to do these things, but we know like the people over there aren't all bad. And it was like really humanized, not the people that were on the plane and the hijackers and things like that, but it humanized the other families there, which I feel like is something that no one talked about at the time. Like not everyone's on board with driving planes into buildings. Right. I think I that's something. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Not to end on too much of a depressed. I said, we're going to end on a happy like, note, we but go up and then we go I right know. back down. Yep. Just like the towers. Anyway, <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for hanging out with me, Sarah. I appreciate it. It was uh, a grand old time. <laughs> do you want to plug your uh, like social media or anything like that? Nope, I'm all good. 10-4. Okay, so thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed, and we will see you next time. Thank you. 
Bye. <laughs> that was a lot of fun.